Content warning. This episode contains discussions of food insecurity, housing insecurity, um, a depiction of a panic attack, birds, claustrophobia, sensory overwhelm, anxiety, depression, and abandonment. Dear Diary, things have largely not been going well for me recently, if I'm being honest. I still do not have enough money for a hotel room. Hotel rooms seem to be very expensive here, and I've been unable to find a job so far. I have been trying my best to find one, but every time when I walk into a business that has a brightly hued We're hiring sign posted up in the window, they want to see something called, I think I'm saying this right, Resume, which I do not have. And they ask me how much college I have been to. I am not sure whether college is some sort of weird club that humans attend, or a type of bingo card that humans hole punch each time they attend a specific event, or whether these potential employers are simply just trying to give me a hard time. I am yet to find anyone who wants to hire me, though. So I have been continuing my residency on the library roof. Food has also been hard to come by. The only reason I know about bingo cards and hole punches is because I have gotten a loyalty card at the local grocery store. The clerk explained it to me. Apparently once I get 10 punches in the card, I will be awarded with a free cookie from the bakery. I have never had a cookie, but I am very hungry. So I carefully filled out the little card with my name and contact information. I hope I filled it out correctly. I'm only allowed to get one punch a day, so I'm still five days off from receiving my cookie prize. The birds in the city seem to be more intelligent than the ones near my castle. On top of the library, I have built my spider-like trap for catching birds, but all the birds avoid it. I've even tried sticking bread crust and various other food items found in the treasure cans lining the streets of the city in my trap. Under normal circumstances, the birds will immediately stop what they are doing to decimate any such food items dropped on the ground. Yet the birds still avoid the food in my trap and instead choose to peck at my back when I am trying to sleep. I was so hungry that I even tried... I even tried to steal a McBurger from a man wearing an all-red exercise outfit sitting on a park bench chatting loudly on his phone. The burger was just lying there, wrapped untouched and unattended on the bench next to him. As quietly as possible, I hid myself in the bush behind the bench and reached my arms out towards the burger, closer and closer, until the burger was so very near to my hands. Suddenly, something heavy slammed into my back. It was just a soccer ball, but I did not know that at the time. I jumped up from the bush, screaming, which caused the man with the McBurger to swivel around on the bench just in time to see me retracting my arms, which had been just inches from the McBurger when the ball hit me. This made him scream, and I screamed back, and we were both just staring at each other screaming until he ran away with his McBurger while screaming into his phone. I just want the burger, please, I shouted after him, but he did not seem to hear me. He kept running. These have these recent events have made me feel very sad. I do not belong in the city. I have found myself feeling angry that 
Parker ever decided to come here in the first place. I wish they had never left. I wish things had stayed as they were. Precisely one human has been kind to me so far. This is the only good thing which has happened to me since I've arrived in the city. I had to use the subway for the first time earlier. Subway directions were the only directions I could find to a place I wanted to apply for a job at, and the city streets are very confusing to fly through. This is the only reason I found myself walking through a thick crowd of people using stairs to go underground. I had never been below the ground before, so that part was a little bit fun. But it was so loud underground, and I quickly found myself feeling suffocated. My sense of overwhelm only increased once the crowd shuffled me into a waiting subway car. I sat in one of the seats, trying to take up as little space as possible. The subway car was a cacophony of dissonance. Individuals in the crowd shouted above the din in an attempt to maintain their above-ground conversations. Cell phones rang, and someone was playing a guitar and loudly singing in an off-key voice. The car itself started moving, and its deep rumbling made my ears hurt. I suddenly became aware of, of a hundred odors. Perfumes, food, sweat, the dirty vinyl of the seats. People loomed in closer and closer to me, seeming to get even louder as the subway car sped up until the noise reached a crescendo that made me feel both dizzy and tearful. It filled me with a desperate desire to escape from the car, but I could not do anything about it. I suddenly saw motion out the corner of my eye. I reeled around to see what it was. The person sitting next to me was waving gently at me, as though trying to get my attention. A sense of horror washed over me. I immediately wondered if I looked as awful as I felt, and feared they wanted to start a conversation with me, especially if it was going to be a very mortifying, are you okay, discussion. It turned out they wanted to do neither of those things. Instead, they held something out in their hand towards me. I looked at the object in confusion, unsure of its purpose. The person noticed my confusion, then held up the object and mimicked how to use it. I noticed they were also wearing the same thing on their own head, a band that went over the top of their head with two thick pads that went over their ears. I copied what they'd shown me and put the object on my own head. The world suddenly became very quiet. I panicked for a second, thinking something had happened to my ears, and lifted up one of the ear pads. The loud noise returned, and I realized this object magically blocked out most of the noise. The humans smiled and gave me a hand gesture with their thumb up and hand closed. It seemed to be a kind gesture, so I awkwardly molded my hand the same way and made the sign back at them. They grinned. I assumed I had responded correctly and felt oddly proud of myself. Then they made a gesture as if to ask where I was going, and I showed them the tiny crumpled up paper I held tightly in my hand on which I'd written the address of the job I was applying for. The human nodded, and we both rode the subway for a little while longer. I would have missed the stop I was supposed to get out at had the human not poked me and gestured kindly for me to get off when we arrived there. It seemed they were getting out at this stop too, so together we exited the subway car, walked up the stairs, and emerged into the sunlight again. I took off the noise muffs and handed them back to the human. The human removed their own muffs too. Thank you, I said to them. My stomach decided this was the perfect moment to growl loudly. Oh, you're hungry, they said, and they rummaged around in their bag until they found an applesauce pouch. 
which they handed to me. They showed me how to open it, and I ate it. I'd never had applesauce before. I thanked them again, and we waved goodbye to each other before parting ways. I felt a little bit emotional as I walked away in the direction of the job interview. I felt a little bit better. I hope I see the human again. Diary of Mothman is a podcast adapted from the immersive novel of the same name and was written and directed by Ashy Craft and produced by Ashy Craft and Exquisite Lore. Mothman was voiced by Ashy Craft. Music was by Louis Zong. You can support this podcast by telling your friends about it, giving us a good rating on the podcast side of your choice, or supporting us on Patreon for as little as $1 a month. You can find the links in our description. Thank you for listening, and have fun being yourself.